What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. So for us, this means that every detail we read about in Psalm 22, we should say, it was not possible for our sin to be taken away unless the Lamb of God suffered that detail. So he, he, he cried in his sufferings in, in verse one here, in verse one, Psalm 22, verse one. He cries out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me and why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? And we say about that detail, it was not possible for our sin to be taken away unless the Lamb of God suffered that detail. He says, as we saw here in verse six, I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despise of the people. And about that detail, we add, it was not possible for our sin to be taken away unless the Lamb of God suffered that detail. He, and, he, and, he, and he goes on, he says, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted in the midst of my bowels. He goes on in verse 15, oh, no more details. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue cleaveth to my jaws. You brought me into the dust of death. More details, details. Verse 16, dogs compassed me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. And we saw last week, verse 18, they part my garments among them and cast lots of my vesture. For all those things, we just say, that detail, that detail, that detail, it was not possible for our sin to be taken away unless the Lamb of God suffered those details. And that's the way we should read all these details in Psalm 22 with this overall theme of couldn't have been done any other way. That was not possible for our sin to be taken away unless he suffered all those things. That's why we, that, that, that leads us into the thanksgiving of every day. As it says in 2 Corinthians 9.15, 2 Corinthians 9.15, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And what gift might that be? The Lamb of God, that he was made the Lamb of God. Now, he's there on the cross and he's watching the soldiers below him he sees they've got swords, and, and, and he says, 
He, he says in verse 20, deliver my soul from the sword, my darling from the power of the dog. So he sees the soldiers, they've got swords, they've got spears, as a matter of fact. He knows that one of those soldiers is gonna take one of those spears and pierce it straight through his heart, right up under his, belt, uh, under his rib cage there, right into his heart, and, and as it says in John 19.34, John 19.34, but one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And now he's asking the Father to deliver him from the sword, and he's talking about his soul being delivered from the sword. And now in verse 20, he, when he says this, deliver my soul from the sword, he says, my darling from the power of the dog. And you ask, and it's a good question, what does he mean by my darling? Well, the, 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 the Hebrew word is the word yachid, yachid, which means only one, S-O-L-E, only one, just one. Now, I wouldn't have used the word darling for yachid if they would have asked me, but no one asked me, so what can I do? But he, he's asking God, to deliver Yaqid, to deliver his only one, his only one from the power of the dog, his only soul. It's like, it's, it's like, you know, it's like saying, my one and only in Yaqid. So use the word Yaqid. Yaqid, it makes us think about the only one, the only life that we have. You know, it reminds me, I think I've told you this, reminds me of my Ethiopian uh, little friend there, his 12-year-old Tameskin, a believer in, in, in Ethiopia. He's 12 years old. He's there, there's Temeskin. He's over there in Addis Ababa, come from a village, and, and he, he's got osteosarcoma. He's essentially dying. He's at Mother Teresa Hospital there in, in, in central Addis, and, and he's got a Jewish doctor, Dr. Rick Hodes. And so, and, and you can read about him online, Rick. And, 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 and Rick is, is, is trying to treat him, and one day, Rick asks Temeskin, he says, he says to Temeskin, Temeskin, and he's 12 years old, are you afraid to die? He asks him that question, are you afraid to die? And, and, um, and, 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 and Temeskin's response was phenomenal. He said, no, because everyone is going to die. Sometime. He said, sometime everyone's going to die. And, and it doesn't matter when you die, it matters what you do before you die. It's a 12-year-old. It's amazing. I mean, and and this, is, this is the idea behind what the Lord is saying, deliver my only one from the power of the dog, my only life. So, so we take this word, my only life, to heart, and we consider this, this little poem that was written by the Babe Ruth of Cricket, who is C.T. Studd, who, who left... Uh, left it all and went to China to, 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 to reach the, the Chinese with the gospel. And he wrote this poem, C.T. Studd. He wrote this poem, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. See, only one yahid, only one yahid, only one yahid life, it'll soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And, and so the fact that the Lord uses the word yahid it's showing only one. It makes us think of, of this. Of, of there's one chapter in the Bible where the word yahid comes to such prominence because it's the it's 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 the first time that we have this use of this word yahid. And of all the chapters 
It's Genesis 22. It's Genesis 22, which is the chapter of the sacrifice of Isaac by Abraham. And what God told Abraham in Genesis 22 too, when God said, and he said, take now thy son, thine only son, thy Yahid son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. So God says to Abraham that he's to take his only son, his Yahid son, and then later, after Abraham obeys, God says, God, God is, it's almost like God can't restrain himself in verse 16, in Genesis 22:16, 16, when he says, and he said, he said, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, Yechid. And, and, and when Abraham obeys God, and, he, and it, God says, because you did this, you didn't withhold your only son. This is the first use of the word Yechid, and it emphasizes how Isaac was his only son. And so this now is, is really bringing, this Yahid brings the, the concept of John 3.16, when it said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, if John 3.16 was in Hebrew, which, which another daily did do, but if it was read, it would read, God so loved the world that he gave his Yaqid, his only son, so that we could have everlasting life. So it's this concept in mind that the Lord is saying in verse 20, deliver my Yaqid, my only soul, from the power of the dog. He's reminding the father of his Yaqidness. Now, now, and then he says in verse 21, save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the, unicorn, of the unicorns. Now, he's been praying all along for God to deliver him. And, and he said in verse 20, deliver my soul. But now he prays with a word that he hasn't used before. He says, save me. Now, uh, this is the word that he has used here is yasha, yasha. It's very close to Yeshua, Yeshua. And you know that Yeshua means salvation. And Yasha is similar to it, but Yasha has this meaning of open wide, open wide. So the idea here is that this person who prays this word, Yasha, is in a, is in a trap. He's closed in, he's in prison, and he's asking God to open the way up for the deliverance. He's praying for deliverance. You know, that was our state. That was our condition. When that's the state of everyone when they pray a prayer, when anybody prays a prayer, save me from my sins, this is the concept, because sin entraps. The Lord Jesus said in, in John 8.34, John 8.34, so, so here, here's the verse here, John 8.12, where he said, I am the light of the world, and later on, in verse 34, in the same chapter, he said, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. That's why the Bible says, in Proverbs 5.22, Proverbs 5.22, his own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his own sins. In Romans 6.12, in Romans 6.12, it says, let not sin reign, hold you in its, in its grip, reign in your mortal body, body that you should obey it. So this word reign is be king over 
And, 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 and in Romans 6.16, Romans 6.16, know you not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom he obey, whether sin to death. See, this is what sin does. Sin tempts, and sin says, come over here, come over here. And unless the person says no, and they yield, you know, no one thinks when they're yielding to temptation that they're yielding to, to become a prisoner. But the picture is so clear of this when you look at the young man in the book of Proverbs who is seduced by the evil woman. She flatters him, she entices him, till finally she conquers him. And what it says in Proverbs 7.21, Proverbs 7.21 is, with her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. I mean, that's the picture of what sin does. Causes to yield, forces, pretty aggressive. Pretty aggressive language to describe what she's done. But that's the picture that's given to us Proverbs 6.26, Proverbs 6.26. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. She brings the man to a piece of death, bread, and she hunts. People think that, well, yeah, I can just have a little naughty sin, wash my hands of it, walk away, be done. But sin says, oh, no, <laughs> you broke it, you own it. Sin says, where are you going? Where do you think you're going? You can't walk away. When a person tries to walk away from sin, he says, where do you, he says, you can't leave. You're now my servant. And people think they could just walk away when they want to, but the trouble is they can't want to. And anybody, any of you remember those Chinese thumb traps? Have you ever seen the Chinese thumb traps? You know? Yeah, I was raised in LA and we used to go down to Chinatown and we used to buy the Chinese thumb traps. We used to go to Tijuana and buy the cherry bombs, but in Chinatown we'd buy the Chinese thumb traps. Sin is like that Chinese thumb trap. You know, it feels nice, it's interesting, you put your thumb in it, and then you want to pull it out. Oh no, <laughs> you're not pulling that out. <laughs> See, sin starts that way. That's why Ralph Waldo Emerson, when he wrote that, 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 that these, these words, are so good. He wrote, sow a thought, and reap an act. Sow an act and reap a habit. Sow a habit and reap a character. Sow a character and reap a destiny. And that destiny is what he is referring to as the destiny of hell for eternity. It all starts with just a thought, just a thought. Why is it? And, and that's why the Bible has so much to say about thoughts. In Proverbs 4.23, Proverbs 4.23, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Your heart, all diligence. Why? Because in Proverbs 23, 7, Proverbs 23, 7, it says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's where the thoughts are, in the heart. They're in the heart. And that's why the Lord said in Mark 7, 21, Mark 7, 21, for from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. See, that's where all of our problems come from. They come from what the Lord describes as from within, from within, from our hearts, from the seat of our, uh, of our thoughts. It's the engine that's generating our thoughts. 
You, know, you, you want to know how to, to a, a tool to use to, to, to keep this from happening, the evil thoughts? You give your heart to the Lord. You give your heart to the Lord. You give your mind to the Lord. You give your head to the Lord, your eyes to the Lord, your ears, your mouth, your hands, your, your feet. And then when you, when, you, when you think a bad thought, you say to yourself, that shouldn't be thought by God's heart. I gave my heart to God. No, that's out of place. I shouldn't be looking at those things. No, these are God. I gave these eyes to God. God doesn't want his eyes to be used like that. And that's a, that's a weapon. But, and that's why it's so important, personal confession of sin. We need to be very sensitive to our thoughts. And we think, think of some, a, a, a sinful thought, immediately kill it by confessing it. I mean, we, and, and, and our, 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 our human nature is to say, what? I didn't do anything. I didn't do any sin. I've got nothing to confess. But God says, oh no. In Proverbs 24, 9, Proverbs 24, 9, it says, the thought of foolishness is sin. So our sinful thoughts that need to be confessed, which is why our, our prayer should always constantly be, Lord, cleanse my heart. Cleanse my heart. Now, God told Israel, in Deuteronomy 15.9, Deuteronomy 15.9, beware that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart. It's not exactly flattering to say they have wicked hearts, but this is what God said. Beware that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart. Oh, the heart. Our hearts are a problem because the problem is what God described, what's described for us in Jeremiah 17.9. Jeremiah 17.9 describes our hearts like this. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. What does that mean? Our hearts trick us, and it's impossible for us to even know how bad we are. That's why our prayer should be Psalm 139.23. Psalm 129.23. Psalm 139.23. Search me, O God, and know my heart's Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, that's what we should do. We need to go to God for constant heart checkups. He should check our heart all the time. Okay, where were we? This is not, it's got a little, I diverted, sorry. We were on Yasha, Yasha, you remember? Verse 21. We're talking about how it means to open wide for deliverance. Okay, now here we are. All right. So the Lord is crying out in verse 21 to be saved. And he uses this word, uh, uh, Yasha, here. And, and, and just think about this. The Lord was in so much trouble that he cried out to be saved. That's pretty assuring for us. That's pretty comforting for us. When we cry out to the Lord to save us, just to go back to verse 21 and to say to the Lord, you know, Lord, like you cried out to be saved. It's very assuring for us because it brings to us our minds that we have a special high priest, a high priest who is described in Hebrews 4.15, Hebrews 4.15, when it says, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. What a wonderful word, touched, in Hebrews 4.15. He's touched. 
He's touched with, with our feeling. We feel, we need to be saved. He said, and, he, and, and the Lord said, I, I've been there. I know that. I've been there. Remember verse 21? I cried out. So, whenever you and I cry out to the Lord Jesus, remember to save us. Remember verse 21. Save me. Now, Notice what the Lord says when he says, save me, in verse 21. He says, save me from the lion's mouth. So he's praying to be saved when he's in the lion's mouth. In the lion's mouth? That's pretty much on the brink of it all, to be on the lion's mouth. The Lord's saying, what the Lord is giving the picture here is that the lion has run him down. He says his strength is all gone. He can't resist anymore. He says, my strength is dried up like a potsherd. The lion has run him down. The lion has caught him. And now he's in the mouth of the lion. And you know that picture, you can picture it in your mind. The lion is prancing so proudly with the prey in his jaws. And the prey is still alive. And he's prancing, obviously. You know, and the lion's thinking, I gotta find some perfect place where I can go and, and devour this prey. is in the lion's mouth. It's the last point of being able to be rescued. In the lion's mouth is a phrase that refers to the last chance to be rescued. It's spoken of about Job. Job said, in his case, Job said in Job 29.17, Job 29.17, when Job was talking about how he rescued other people, Job said, I break the jaws of the wicked and plucked the spoil out of his teeth. When, when David was telling Saul, he was telling Saul that he was trying to convince Saul that he was a brave fighter and he could go up against Goliath. And, and David said that he delivered prey from the jaws of a lion. When he said in, in 1 Samuel 17, 34, 1 Samuel 17, 34, David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose up against me, I caught him by his beard and I smote him and slew him. So from that experience, David saw that how, how he was a lamb that needed God to deliver him out of the jaws of the lion, and from that experience of breaking the jaw, to, 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 uh, 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 of the lion that David prays to God in Psalm 124.6, Psalm 124.6, blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Now, this is what the Lord is praying in verse 21, that God would save him from the lion's mouth. And so he, and, and, and then all of a sudden, something happened in verse 21 when he says, thou hast heard me, for thou hast heard me. Now, what's this cry? What's he saying here? Something has changed. Everything has changed. The Lord is now saying he's been heard, and now everything has changed. All of his prayers changed. Now the Lord is shouting a cry of victory, and the victory cry is, God has heard me. God has heard me. I've been heard. He's been heard from the horns of the unicorns. It's another one of those terrible places to be, a place of desperation from the horns of the unicorn. The unicorn tosses its prey up in the air, and, and the final stab is going to be with the horns. Actually, the word translated unicorn 
could also be buffalo. Same idea. Doesn't matter. Unicorn, buffalo, they all kill in the same way. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org.